I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most important influencers, guides, and changemakers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaway from their personal journeys and their greatest wisdom. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is Self-Helpful. In this episode, we're kicking off a series on healing, uh, your body's ability to heal itself uh, physically, psychologically, and every day we're exposed to things that compromise our very beings. I mean, just going through the day taxes us. And at the end, we generally go to sleep. And while we sleep, we hope to recharge so we can do it all again. That is an aspect of healing, but we're going to go deeper into the acute issues of our lives and why we are or are not healing sufficiently. And of course, what we can do to greatly increase our healing. My expert for the series is veteran holistic physician, Dr. Bradley Nelson, who is one of the world's foremost experts on natural methods of achieving wellness. He's a creator of the emotion code and the body code system and is the CEO of Discover Healing, a holistic education platform that provides training and certifies practitioners worldwide. His best-selling book, The Emotion Code, provides step-by-step instructions for working with the body's energy and healing power. His new book, which if you're watching the video, it's over my shoulder here, The Body Code, Unlocking Your Body's Ability to Heal Itself. That's our muse for this discussion. And as we talk, if you want to connect more with Dr. Bradley Nelson, you can go to discoverhealing.com. I'll mention that again in the outro, but discoverhealing.com. So here we are. Brad, man, such a gift to be with you. I'm so eager to talk about the topic. Well, Kevin, thank you for having me on. It's really great to be here. It's going to be fun. Well, the, and I, I knew of you 
from your book, The Emotion Code. And that, you know, there you talk about how emotions get trapped in one's body. And I really wanted you to start off, give us a, a kind of a snapshot synopsis of that book as we move into this new one, if you would. Sure. Well, um, <clears throat> So I was a, uh, a holistic uh, chiropractic physician for uh, about 18 years and um, uh, graduated 35 years ago. And so I've uh, had a lot of experience working with people. And what I found was that uh, during the years I was in practice, uh, I was kind of obsessed really with getting to the underlying causes of uh, what was really wrong with my patients. I, I didn't want to band-aid them. Uh, I wanted to actually really fix them. And um, so, you know, it's interesting as a holistic doctor, uh, the, you know, in, in the capacity that I was practicing as, I didn't have a, a DEA license to give people drugs to suppress their symptoms. And I didn't have a license to do surgery to remove organs that were giving people trouble. So I was left with this dilemma of having to actually figure out what was really wrong. And so... Um, I learned a lot about the body. Uh, I studied everything that I could, um, ancient uh, uh, arts of healing, modern things. Um, I didn't care if something you know, was frowned upon. Uh, if it worked, then I used it. And um, I also had a habit of, uh, of praying. But my patients never knew this, but, um, uh, but I, I believe in God and I believe that uh, answers come if you ask, you receive. And so I had this totally private, totally personal habit. And the habit was that before I'd go to work on somebody, I would just take a moment and just silently ask for help. And I believe that I was kind of opening that conduit to get help because if you ask, that's when you receive. And, uh, and there were times when information would just flood into me in response to that request, you know, for help. And so I know that, uh, I know that God is real, that he lives and that he's aware of us and that we can get answers if we, if we ask, but the secret is you have to ask and most people don't ask. So anyway, um, I have to back up a little ways because I became a computer programmer in, um, uh, well, starting in 1980, I was going to school in Hawaii. I took a class. I needed one more class to fill out my schedule. I took a class on computer programming and, and it just turned my world upside down. And I became a computer programmer and loved it. And, and, uh, back in the early eighties, I had a, uh, a business called the computer tutor where I would go into people's, uh, businesses and I would write the software that they needed to use their IBM PC because there was no software back in those days, right? So that's what I did for a living. And it was really fun. I thought I was going to do that forever. But I had been, uh, I had been healed of kidney disease when I was about 13 years old uh, from some old-time holistic doctors when Western medicine had nothing really to offer uh, and no help available for me. And so I had decided at age 13 that I was going to become a doctor, a holistic doctor like these people. And, um, but when I discovered computers, that all kind of went out the window. Well, it was really an answer to prayer at a certain point that brought me back to, uh, the healing arts. And so, um, so when I got into practice I thought, okay, well, God's gotten me into this, maybe God will help me. And so that's why I had this, this habit of asking for help. And, um, when I was in chiropractic school, I remember very well one day, um, in fact, I was putting myself through school partly by programming 
the admissions office computers uh, at the school I was going to. And um, one day I'm sitting in neurology class and my instructor is talking about the brain and he's kind of riffing about how the brain is a computer. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there listening and I'm thinking, wow, the brain really kind of is a computer. And I thought to myself, gee, I wonder if we'll ever have the technology to access uh, that computer. Because if we could, and if we could ask questions of that internal computer, uh, wow, what an amazing way to find out what's really going on with people and what people really need. Because the brain is the computer. It must know what people need. It must know what's really wrong with them. And I remember thinking, well, you know, maybe in two or 300 years, we'll have that technology. Little did I know that I was going to be devoting the rest of my professional career to that idea, to, um, to tapping into the brain or really what we like to call the subconscious mind, that unconscious part of us um, that's really running everything. And um, creating millions of new cells every minute and doing all of the things that need to be done to keep us alive from one moment to the next. Well, so I learned about the human computer. Um, and what I learned is um, that the subconscious mind uh, is e very willing to give information, but um, but it's a computer unlike any other. You know, for example, I'm sitting here and my laptop is in front of me. And I've got a keyboard where I can put in information and I've got a screen where I can see things. And so there's a screen and a keyboard interface. Uh, if you look at your phone, the interface there is the touch screen, right? And you, you know, your finger, you can touch things. You've got a screen. Um, <clears throat> the body is totally different than that. It's a different kind of computer. So it took me a while to figure this out. But the subconscious mind uh, will give us messages rather than giving them on a screen because it doesn't have a screen. What it will do is it will manifest symptoms for us. And the symptoms are the messages that are coming up on the screen, quote unquote, of the subconscious mind. And those symptoms might be physical pain. It might be migraine headaches or neck pain or back pain. They might be infertility or asthma or digestive disorders. They might be depression or anxiety or phobias or panic attacks or PTSD or eating disorders or some kind of self-sabotage. Um, a symptom coming up on the screen of the subconscious mind might be uh, that you keep picking the wrong kind of person to be mates with over and over, or that maybe you can't seem to make enough money, uh, or that you've been diagnosed with some kind of a disease. And what I learned over all of those years practicing and since then is that uh, this is how the subconscious mind communicates with us. And it's a binary computer. So we can, we can perceive these messages, these symptoms that we're having in our lives. And then we can communicate with that subconscious mind. We can ask questions and we can get answers. But there's no keyboard. So how do we do that? Well, we do that by simply talking uh, out loud or uh, or silently, and the subconscious mind will answer us using a, some form of muscle testing. And in other words, what I found was that the body would be strong if I asked a uh, if I asked a question of a patient, and uh, to get a subconscious response, their arm would be strong for yes and weak for no. And I didn't discover that. That was discovered by someone else a long time ago. But um, but anyway, so you can use muscle testing. 
and get any answer from the subconscious mind that you want, as long as the answer can be returned back uh, by the subconscious in the form of a yes or a no. It can't elaborate, really. But um, so that sets the stage. So here I am in my practice. I've learned how to communicate with the subconscious minds of my patients. And as people are coming in and I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with them, what I found was that the most common, by far, the most common kind of imbalance that people were suffering from that was creating symptoms for them was what I came to call their emotional baggage. It was emotional energies that had become trapped in their bodies during these experiences that they had been through that they would probably rather not have gone through. You know, we all go through things, right? Right. And so what I found was that about 90% of all the physical pain that people have uh, was due to their emotional baggage. And so, uh, but not only that, all kinds of other things as well. So that's why I wrote this book first, The Emotion Code, because it's a way to find and remove those energies that are trapped in the body. Um, Which can I interject there? My only, again, I'm coming to this fairly, I've touched on it. throughout my life, but we're hitting it in a, in a big way here, but I feel pretty novice with a, a lot of that. My most tangible, uh, what I would relate, what you just talked about there was an ACE score, the adverse childhood, you know, effects. And yeah. we even, gosh, it was probably five years ago, we did some, some tests that we did the telomere test, you know, which looks at your uh, chromosome health. Is that a good way to say it? I think so. Yeah. Layman's term. And we saw people and I thought, gosh, I, I don't understand why their tests were so bad, why their scores are so bad. They don't seem to have had, you know, big tragedies or, or whatnot. And the medical doctor with this specific company talked about how they see adverse telomere health this, you know, cellular level health, in essence, layman's terms, from these adverse child effects, these things that happened way back when and people's in your in your terminology, their their emotional baggage, you know, from that, and it affects their telomere scores and, you know, and their health. So that's from a medical standpoint, which is about as close as I've ever come from the medical side to what you're talking about here and looking at the literal pathologies that we have in regards to our emotions. That has not in my lifetime of health and wellness pursuit, Brad, that has not been at the forefront. I mean, we're talking now about anxiety and stress and some of those things. But for the most part, I'm looking at, you know, do you, what, do you eat well? What goes in and what goes out food-wise, exercise, you know, sure. what pollution in there? That's kind of it and not giving much credit to what you have made such a primary focus is how are our emotions literally affecting our acute, tangible health and wellness? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable, really, the extent that our emotional baggage, the trapped emotional energies uh, that we're harboring are affecting our health uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. It's, it's unbelievable. That's why I left practice in 2004 and started working furiously on this book. Uh, and it took, me, uh, it took me a while to get it out, but it came out in 2007 and uh, it's been published in many languages now around the world. And people are finding that, um, that it's true. I mean, First of all, you have to understand that these bodies of ours seem solid, but the reality is just the opposite. Um, 
these bodies are more of a force field than anything else. Uh, you know, they say that uh, if you could take all the empty space out of every single person's body on earth, you could fit all 7.8 billion people in the world into a box the size of a sugar cube. Hmm. And there'd still be lots of room in there. So in other words, um, that's, that's the quantum physicist trying to explain to us something that is really hard to understand. Um, Albert Einstein, uh, going back a long time ago, said uh, the medicine of the future will be the medicine of frequencies. And uh, Nikola Tesla said, um, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And so we're, we're just now stepping into this whole new paradigm, this whole new world, really, of understanding how our bodies really work and what they really are. And our bodies are energy fields. And um, when you're feeling an intense emotion, every emotion has a, a different frequency. And when you're feeling an intense emotion, on a quantum level, what's happening is you're feeling a, a particular vibrational frequency, what Tesla said in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. And emotions are too. And so sometimes an emotion will be powerful enough that you can't process it. It gets trapped in the body. And, uh, and then, you know, it ends up causing all kinds of effects for you. One of the first people that I saw uh, many years ago when I was first figuring this out was a woman that came in to see me. She thought she was having a heart attack. She had crushing chest pain, difficulty breathing. Her left arm was totally numb. Left side of her face was numb. And I told my staff, we might need an ambulance, but give me one minute with her. And so I started doing some testing, asking some questions of her subconscious mind, getting answers from her body, strong for yes, weak for no. And uh, very quickly, I found that she had uh, a trapped emotion, some emotional baggage, a trapped emotion of grief. And I needed to know a little more about it and found through a little more testing, a couple more questions that this had occurred about three years before. When I arrived at that, she burst into tears and she said, I can't believe that's affecting me. I thought I dealt with all that. And I said, well, what happened? She said three years before her husband was having an affair and she found out about it, confronted him with the evidence and the marriage blew up and she was really deeply in love with him, but she was betrayed. And so, uh, so that was the end of that relationship. She spent about a year in therapy dealing with it mentally and that it had even gotten remarried. So as far as she was concerned, that was just her ex. That was history. As far as her body was concerned, that emotional energy of grief, that frequency of grief was still there. And when I released that, and by the way, to release something like that, you can just, you can use your hand or a magnet and you just go down the governing meridian a few times, which is a little meridian that travels straight up the back and over the top of the head. You can just do this a few times or down the middle of the back a few times. I did that. And the feeling came back into her arm and into her face within three seconds. And the chest pain was gone. Difficulty breathing was gone. It was all gone. And we're, I'm still in touch with her. Um, she's a friend of mine. She has a horse ranch in Oregon. And, um, but that was probably 30, that was over 30 years ago. And I think that if we had not found that energy, that trapped emotion of grief, uh, I think that she would have been one of those people that dies from cardiac syndrome. Literally, I think she would have died of a broken heart, probably. Nobody would have realized or put together that what really killed her, what caused her heart failure was really her husband's affair. So this is the kind of thing that we see. We, you know, our bodies manifest these emotions eventually in one way or another. Well, I, I want to chime in right there because 
you know, I've, I've, I've been reading your book, studying about you, and, and I've been in the health and wellness arena and in functional medicine. That's a big focal point of, of mine and looking at the body as energy. And this is coming from a Southern Baptist kid, you know, who grew up in the Bible Belt and whatnot. And this is some hoodoo guru stuff here that we're getting into and which is hard for people to accept. And yet I also know, I also know that if we go back in time, as you talked about and into other, well, just back in time period around the globe, but then, you know, especially in some of the, the Eastern uh, areas and whatnot too, this stuff's been around a long time. It's a short time that it's disappeared. No different than we all know the information age and computers and stuff. Well, sure, that runs our lives now, but it didn't last. It wasn't there when I was a kid. It wasn't there when I was a, a young man, even. This is really new stuff. So it's really new that we have this Western medicine, traditional medicine, where we're brilliant at going in and fixing somebody who got mutilated in a car, right. or who finally had a heart attack. That's a great place to be in America. We can fix that kind of stuff, but we don't True. prevent ill health, uh, where we kind of grow and foster ill health, actually. So to hear you talk about, okay, here's this lady with an, with with something that a doctor would have prescribed a medication or a surgery or whatever to, uh, or just said, you know, you're out of luck, you're, you know, your, your blood work looks fine, you know, I don't know what your problem is. As opposed to that, you come along with your hand, brush this away. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but that's going to be right there. We're gonna have a lot of people listening and going, come on, man, that's, that's hard to understand that. And yet you're saying it, it is, if you don't understand yeah. energy, which I'm sitting here with you on my show and I don't understand it. There's enough smoke that I know that there's fire with it. So that's why I have you here. Cause I'm don't understand this. So I look at, well, so just go there though. I mean, cause that is, that's difficult for people to say, come on, seriously, that sounds like some hoodoo guru yeah. got Right. Well, yeah, it does. But I mean, uh, the great uh, science fiction writer, uh, Arthur Clarke, said. Uh, Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. 
no idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and air doctor is just the best. Air doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. The great uh, science fiction writer, uh, Arthur Clarke, said uh, any sufficiently advanced technology will be seen as magic, really. And if you think about it, I mean, look at your cell phone. You know, you go back 50 years and show that to somebody, they're going to think, oh, that, that's magic. It's not possible. But see, now we're starting to understand uh, quantum physics. And quantum physics is weird. I mean, uh, uh, it was um, Richard Feynman, I think, said, uh, the great physicist said, if, if you don't think quantum physics is weird, he said, you don't understand quantum physics. Mm-hmm. And we're stepping into that world now. And so... Uh, how these trapped emotions affect us, what we've learned, uh, what we believe is that when you, when you experience an emotion that's overwhelming and it's very powerful, or if an emotional experience is, is happening to you and you decide that you don't want to feel that emotion because maybe you, don't, you just don't want to go there, you'll stuff that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, in either one of those cases, the energy of that emotion then is kind of suspended in the body. And we refer to these as trapped emotions. And a trapped emotion is a ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball. And what these things do is they will, first of all, lodge somewhere in the body and or they can lodge anywhere in the body. And wherever they lodge in the body, they will tend to cause a distorting effect on the energy field of the body in that area. Now, when you distort the energy field of the body, uh, you're interfering with chemical reactions to some degree, to blood flow, lymph flow to some degree, you're interfering with the flow of the meridian energy. And um, so this is one of the reasons why, it is the reason why these trapped emotions will tend to cause physical pain. And what we have found, and our thousands of practitioners now, we've certified uh, almost 12,000 practitioners now in over 80 countries around the world, they're all finding the same thing that about 90% of the physical pain that people have can be improved or alleviated by just finding and removing emotional baggage. So remember, the subconscious mind is a computer, and the screen of the subconscious mind uh, is the symptoms that we experience. And one of the most common symptoms is physical pain. So uh, let me tell you another story about pain. Now, this coming to mind. There was a guy that came in to see me many years ago when I was in practice. And he had really severe low back pain. His pain was about a nine on a zero to 10 scale. And um, so his next step was surgery. He didn't know what he was going to do, but it had been going on for a while. And um, 
So he came into my office, very first visit, and I'm testing him and asking questions of his subconscious mind, his internal computer. And I find, uh, I ask, do you have a trapped emotion we can release that uh, is contributing to your back pain? And the answer came back, strong. And so then uh, we have a chart of emotions that looks like this. Okay. There's 60 emotions on here divided up into two columns and six rows. And so then I asked, okay, is this emotion in column A or column B? And I got a yes answer on one of those. And is it in an odd row or an even row? And one of those was strong. And then I was taken eventually then I worked it out to a single cell and the emotion was anger. So it was uh, column A row four. And that was the emotion, anger. And uh, so, so I asked, do we need to know anything else about this? And the answer was yes, from his subconscious mind. So I started figuring out when this had happened and it had occurred 20 years before. I got that on the muscle testing from his subconscious mind. And when I arrived at that, he said, oh yeah. He said, I know exactly what that's about. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, he was working for this company and he was, he was wrongly um, accused of cooking the books or something. And he was so enraged and so hurt by it uh, and so angry that um, it, that energy could not be processed by his body. That energy, that anger, literally that ball of anger, if you will, lodged in his low back. There are, you know, these are going to go somewhere and it lodged in his low back. So now 20 years later, uh, he's just desperate uh, because he's, he's in so much pain. And we find this emotional baggage from 20 years before. So I, I swipe down the middle of his back with a magnet a few times down the governing meridian to release this energy and his pain level. And this is also going to sound unbelievable, but I'm telling you, I was there. It went from a nine to a zero, boom, that fast. And he keeps walking around and bending this way and that way and exclaiming, and he can't believe it. it's like a miracle. And I was grateful that it worked so well. And so this is a reason, uh, a big reason why we have physical pain. But here's, here's the other side of the coin. A couple of days later, this guy came back in to see me. And uh, he said, you know, he said, my back still doesn't hurt. He said, I still can't believe it. But he said, um, you know, I need to talk to you because I said, when I came in here, I had another problem that, that I didn't tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, I've basically been what you'd call a rageaholic. He said, I'm really wired tight. And, you know, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids and getting in arguments. And I have to watch the road rage. And he said, things set me off really easily. And I've been to anger management before. It hasn't really helped me. But he said, you know, since you released that emotion of anger from me, I feel really different. He said, I just feel kind of peaceful. And things that used to just set me off don't set me off anymore. And he said, how did, how did that work? I, I don't understand. And I said, well, I, I'm not really sure. But here's what we think. What we believe is, in this guy's case, he's got this ball of anger lodged in his low back, literally this energy, this frequency. And when we released it, um, not only did his back pain get better, but suddenly his emotional state changed and he was able to deal with anger. Think about it this way. When he had that anger lodged there in his back, when a situation would come along in his life where he might tend to feel the emotion of anger, he would feel it. He would, he would slide right into that resonance, that frequency much more easily, much more readily than he otherwise would have. Why? Because part of his body was feeling that emotion of anger 24-7, right? For 20 years. And I know that this sounds, you know, it, it sounds 
far out to a lot of people, but I'm here to tell you that this is reality. Uh, our bodies are energy, and uh, who knew that um, our emotional experiences can leave us with baggage that can then cause all kinds of physical, mental, emotional problems years later. So then take that, that story and give me a, how does this relate to therapy? How do you view therapy? We would normally say, gosh, people, you know, somebody has this emotional baggage. They need to go see a therapist, get, you know, increase their emotional intelligence. That's been a big thread here on the show because uh, it's mine. And I brought in people, we're talking about emotional intelligence and increasing. That's been a big area for me, even to the point of it's interesting when you talked about stuffing an emotion. Mm -hmm. I assume that that's what I have done most of my life, though. There's a part of me that feels like I don't even know that I stuffed it. I was just so ignorant. I had no place for emotions. You, I was a pro cyclist. Yeah. You just, you know, you just do what you got to do to get at the finish line. And, and just unaware, I felt more ignorant than stuffing. When people said, yeah, you're stuffing the emotion. I hardly related to that. Cause I felt like, I think I was just ignorant of it either, either way. Either way, we're yeah, talking yeah. about a lack of emotional intelligence, which has, again, been a thread here. And over here looking at, I want to pursue emotional intelligence. And with things that I'm struggling with, you pursue therapy. How do you, where do you put that in this aspect of that guy that you just talked about did not go to therapy? You discern that and found that energy, the negative energy in essence, and got rid of that. And you would by proxy say, well, didn't need to go to therapy for that one. Well, you know, uh, first of all, let me say this. If, if I had a nickel for every patient that I saw uh, who said to me, well, wait, I, I spent a long time in therapy trying to deal with that. I can't believe that's showing up. Why is that showing up? See, therapy doesn't remove the energy that is trapped in the body. Uh, therapy is great, right? And there's all kinds of different therapies and and a lot of them work really, really well, and, and, and that's fine. But they don't remove the emotional energy that is trapped in the body. Even if I make peace with the past trauma, even if I look and go, gosh, yeah, I recognize that anger that I had from that thing. And, and I work through trying to find peace. That's not a, a, another, another way. Oh, it's, or not. it's possible. Uh, I mean, there, there's more than one way to remove or release emotional energies. Um, but, uh, but that's what I found is that uh, most of the time, even when people had put something behind them and had moved on with their life, there's still, there's still energy there. I mean, uh, I saw it many, many, many times, countless times where people would, uh, um, something bad had happened and they had kind of, you know, tried to forgive that person or become indifferent to it or whatever and moved on with their life. And yet, uh, there would still be energies there. And the thing about it is some of these emotional energies that are trapped in our bodies are energies that we're not even aware of uh, experiencing the emotions. In other words, sometimes things happen when, you know, you're a baby, you're in the womb, um, your mom is going through some intense emotion. And that's not unusual to find emotional energy that you that people pick up in the womb or during the time that they're a child and people often don't remember. And sometimes people block things out. Um, there's a lot that goes on in our lives. And so it's hard for us to remember everything that happens. Would you even put that genetically of saying that? Uh, so in, in my book, what drives you? I use that test. I'm sure you've heard of it where the guy takes mice 
gives them the smell. I can't remember what the chemical is. It smells like blueberries. Um, it's uh, cherry blossom, I think. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe that's a cherry. And they smell that and shock them. Here's a smell. Here's a shock. Here's a smell. Here's a shock. So, and then mice shy away from the smell. And then what's of course mind blowing is that four generations later, we have these mice who shy away from the smell that they've never been shocked by. Exactly. That blows me away. So if you're talking about this negative energy, would you say I could have some stuck in me that is genetic? It was there at birth, maybe even past my parents. Yeah, absolutely. And we call that inherited, uh, inherited trapped emotions. Let me tell you a story. Uh, a couple of years after the emotion code came out, I asked my daughter, Natalie, to work on me. And um, she was in Seattle. I was here in southern Utah. And uh, hung up the phone and she starts working on me. Now, you can do this work at a distance because it's, it's, uh, it's the practical application, really, of quantum physics. And so distance isn't a barrier. So she's working on me and she tests me remotely and finds that I have an inherited trapped emotion, an emotional energy that was received at conception. Um, I got it from my dad. He got it at conception from his mom. And the subconscious mind knows all of these answers. It's, uh, it's limitless. And so my daughter tested and found that this energy had been passing down the line for 22 generations. And it originated with a grandmother all those years, hundreds of years ago, about 600 years ago. And, uh, and all of a sudden, my daughter, I wish she were here to tell this, but all of a sudden, she could feel someone, there was someone standing next to her, and she knew who it was. It was the grandmother that it started with back in the 1400s. And she could feel her emotion. She could feel how overwhelmed she was with gratitude that this was being done. She could also feel how desperate she was to have this energy released from her posterity. The emotion was hopelessness. Now, um, the rest of the story is that when that was released, uh, my daughter could feel it released from all those ancestors. And here I am about, I don't know, 1500 miles away sitting at my desk. And all of a sudden I have this crazy experience. Imagine growing up next to a factory that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's a hum coming out of this factory. Well, you know, after a while you wouldn't even notice it would just be background. Right. And all of a sudden this background feeling of hopelessness that I had had every waking moment of my entire life suddenly was gone. And it, it was only at that moment, uh, only at that moment, Kevin, that I recognized it, that I could recognize what it was and that it had been there my whole entire life. That changed my life. And my daughter, I had passed that energy to her. And the result was um, she was an artist who had never painted anything. But within a year after having that removed, we went to an art show in Seattle. And all this art was pouring out of my daughter. She's an incredible artist, incredibly talented. But I think that if that had not been removed, she might not have ever painted anything. So this is another very powerful aspect of the emotion code that you can find uh, those emotional energies and you can release those. And uh, in fact, what we want to do is uh, we're hoping to duplicate that study that was done with the mice, but remove those trapped emotional energies from half of those offspring and then see what, what happens because we're, uh, we're sure we're going to see some really in interesting changes.
Well, I want to, again, I don't, I don't want to brush over the fact that what you're talking about with ancestors from 1400 years ago, again, that's just hard for us average people to, and it's so hoodoo guru outside of everything. I do want to, I do want to pull people though, that for the past six years, seven years, so this studio that I'm talking to you from right now, Brad, sits in a medical practice. Uh, one of my, my, my closest friend, business partner, Dr. Randy James, he's a functional medicine doctor. Most of the people who come in here is cash pay. Um, they have been through the gamut of traditional medicine and usually some alternative medicine looking for things. So often, and you know this, they do a little blood work. They do this, they do that. And just everything looks fine. Everything's fine. Doc doesn't know what to do with you. You know, the average doc doesn't know right. what to do with you. So here's Zoloft or whatever prescription to try to deal with the symptom. That the symptom's there. It's real. It, to deal with the symptom, there it is. And yeah, at the at the far end, not the far end, but the other side, um, uh, surgery. You know, I mean, you do surgery, remove whatever the uh, afflicting thing is, whatnot. Point being, though, that we're doing all these things. We're trying to eat clean. We're trying to live clean. We're trying to meditate. We're trying to do whatever. And yet we don't feel good to the point of people sleeping, you know, 14 hours a day and not feeling rested. And moms right. and dads out there in modern America who can't function and they're losing hope and they're losing joy. And they're now they're dealing with depression or dealing with burnout. And life sucks basically at that. And here you are. And, and we see the mental health. I mean, we've never been in more of a mental health crisis, or at least not a publicized one as we are now. Yeah. You know, diseases of despair, last I looked, was one of the fastest growing chronic illnesses. So we've got, you know, apathy and numbness and depression and onto suicide and, and whatnot. Yeah. And so I say that all to say, so even though this is sounding far, like, seriously, come on, these trapped up emotions. What well, do you have a better explanation? Because <laughs> what we're doing now doesn't work. And we are getting more in yeah. tune with therapy, with energy, with these types of things. Again, that's why you're on the show, Brad. I don't understand this stuff. It's, it, it is, it's hard to accept in some ways, but again, it feels like there's so much smoke that there's got to be fire. The hard part, let me ask you another question. Yeah. Because I tend to look at people again, from a basic health and wellness and an athletic standpoint, I'm looking, you know, really acutely at what I eat, what I, how I sleep at my exercise and kind of at a base level of, yeah, my mental state. I mean, we talk about that here on the show. I'm going to talk to you about that in part two. We'll talk about, uh, you know, mental state a little bit more. And, you know, we know anxiety and stress and things. We know, I think we, we've, we're coming to terms with that's eating away at us. But I tend to look at myself and other people. When I see somebody who looks like absolute hell in the grocery store, I'm generally looking in their grocery cart and seeing, well, that probably is why. You got the worst, you know, stuff in there. How do you deal? Or I don't know if I, I don't even know how to frame the question. How do you... Um, reconcile some of that when we do have ill health along with the emotions, but we're also just doing some things that you can't remove the energy of living on hot pockets 24 hours a day. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, um, uh, when I was in practice, I, I generally didn't see, uh, patients that were, that were kind of on that level okay. of, uh, uh, you know, of taking care of themselves. Most of the people that I saw were, were actually really, you know, trying to do the right things for themselves. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, it's true. All of so these things kind of come together. You know, you, so they weren't trying, they weren't doing acutely harmful things is what you're saying. They're trying to eat well, they're trying to sleep well, they're trying to do yeah. And yet that's the person. So that's who we're talking to. And granted, the, the, somebody who's in horrific health and just out there killing themselves is not listening to this show. So this is the right audience. These are people who are primarily doing the right things. They're listening to a show like this. Yeah. They're not listening to the next crime drama uh, and serial killers type stuff. They're listening to this to better yeah. themselves. They're probably doing what they can to eat well, sleep well, exercise. Right. And yet they've got these issues that are just chronic. You yeah, see, most of the people that I saw, um, especially during the last 10 years that I was in practice, were people who had been told that their condition was incurable and hopeless uh, and that there was nothing that Western medicine had to offer them except drugs to suppress their symptoms. Those are most of the people that I saw. And so they came to me as a last resort. And, uh, and yet the vast majority of them were able to get well. And, uh, and that really takes us to the body code. Um, you see, remember, I was a computer programmer. And so when I got into practice, uh, I always had a computer there with me. And as I would find something new uh, through prayer or through research or whatever, I would try to put it into this system. And I eventually was able to put together uh, what, I, what we now call the body code, which is uh, uh, simply a way to ask the subconscious mind what's really going on. And it has a, uh, it's really kind of an interface in a way for the subconscious. And during those years, what I found was that there are really six different kinds of imbalances that cause all of our mental and physical and emotional problems. And, and those are things like energies, like trapped emotions and traumas that are trapped in the body. There are things like pathogens, viruses, bacteria, fungal infections, parasites, things like that. Misalignments, any tissue can misalign. Um, and uh, nutrition, lifestyle, things like that. Uh, toxins, okay, we're all exposed to toxins all the time. And then the circuitry and the systems of the body. And this has to do with connections between the spirit and the physical and the cardiovascular system and the, all the different systems of the body. And so what I found was when I had cataloged all of the different imbalances that can occur in these six categories, I found that I could ask my patient's subconscious minds where their imbalances were, and it would actually take me to those imbalances. And so I was able to help people uh, in a, uh, in a, really, really powerful way. But eventually it became clear to me that this wasn't just for me. This had to go out to the whole world. Um, in fact, what happened was about a year after the emotion code came out, I woke up one morning and my mind was full of instruction. And the instruction was, you need to take everything that you've learned about natural healing and put it into a self-study course that anyone can learn and make it available to everyone, everywhere. And that was the instruction. And it did not come from my own mind. And I remember thinking, are you sure about this? This seems like it actually might require some work. <laughs> and it did. And it did. But that's what the body code is now. So, it, Well, um, let me ask you, when you talk about imbalance, so, so now you're going beyond, okay, here's an emotional issue that has, let's just, again, I'm going to say this in super layman's terms, because that's all I can do as a novice here is to say, here's our body in, in with good energy. And now you have a bad emotion, boom, there's some negative energy and it's going to cause problems. It's a hiccup in the system. And now you're saying, and these other things can as well. Here's a, an environmental yeah. toxin. Here's a, an X and Y, Z. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because, um,
Yeah, exactly. Because um, trapped emotions are the most common kind of imbalance that we suffer from. But what I learned as a computer programmer talking to the binary computer of my patients' bodies year after year, right? Uh, understanding what those what those bodies really wanted, what they really needed, I figured out that there are these different kinds of imbalances that cause all the symptoms and things that we suffer from. And so it's not just emotional baggage. Um, it can be other issues. For example, here's a great story. You'll like this one. Um, it's a uh, it's about a guy that came in to see me. His wife was one of my patients. And um, she had fibromyalgia, which is pain in the muscles all over the body. And I was able to help her get well. So she referred her husband in and he was very reluctant. But he finally came in and he told me the story. He said that uh, four years before he was a truck driver and he started getting this swelling in his groin and his scrotum swelled up really big and it became incredibly painful and it wouldn't go away. And he had to go on disability. And uh, so total disability, couldn't work anymore. Uh, and he's seeing specialists up and down the coast of California, trying to figure out what this is. Nobody can figure it out. Two years into this, they do surgery. They open him up, don't see anything, stitch him up again, and it all comes back. So uh, he's, a, he's a very, very depressed person yeah. right, <laughs> because man. of this. Young guy, you know, mid-30s, wife, beautiful wife, mid-30s, couple of really cute kids. And, but his life was just on hold. So I tested him, Okay. Uh, asking his subconscious mind questions, asking if there was an underlying reason for this problem. And what I was taken to was pathogens right here. And in that area, what I found was that uh, he had a parasite. That's what his subconscious mind said to me. And I said to him, "Uh, I think you've got a parasite um, that might be causing this or contributing. I said, does anybody mention that to you? And he said, no. Now, at the time, this guy... Every month he's going up to UCLA Medical Center and seeing specialists and down to Scripps La Jolla, seeing specialists and everyone's scratching their heads. It's kind of a medical, uh, like a medical mystery to everybody. And so I recommended some parasitic, anti-parasitic herbs for this guy. And he didn't want to take them because he just didn't think it could possibly help. What did I know? But his wife made him take them. Five days later, this guy is back in my office, the swelling all gone. Most... I think the happiest young man that I've met in my life, I mean, couldn't believe it. But, you know, think about that. See, the beauty of it is the subconscious mind knows these answers. But for all of human history, pretty much, we haven't been asking. But now, finally, we're starting to realize, oh, the subconscious mind's a computer. We can ask questions and it knows what the answers are. Wow, what a, what a concept, right? So go there, go there. Cause you've mentioned that over and over. You let's take that guy. You asked his subconscious mind, go through that process. Yeah. So what I did is I, d- I had him hold out an arm, right? Parallel to the floor. And, uh, and I, I just said, I don't remember exactly, but I probably said out loud, do you have, is there, uh, uh, an imbalance that is contributing? Uh, is there a reason for this? Is there an underlying reason for this? And I got a yes answer. So then, uh, and it, well, and people, if you're not, unless you're watching the video, wrong answer. Yeah, Brad's holding his arm out, and he's saying, like, imagine him pushing the guy down. So he's asking the question, pushing the guy's arm down. Yes, and there's a tension the guy's giving or not. Yeah, okay. and so yeah, w- uh, and you can do this at at home. I mean, um, grab somebody and have them state their own name. Um, 
you know, like if I were there with you, uh, Kevin, if you were to hold your arm out parallel to the floor, and if you were to say, my name is Kevin, that's a true statement, right? right. And so if, if you were to try to resist against my downward pressure on your arm, you'd be able to resist me. But if you were to say something that's incongruent or untrue, like, for example, you know, my name is Bob, then if you were to try to resist against my downward pressure, you wouldn't be able to. Your arm would weaken. And that's a subconscious response, you see. And so that's what happened with this guy. So if you can imagine, I'm looking at this at a page like this, and I'm asking, okay, is there a reason why you've got this swelling in your scrotum? Yes. Is the reason on the left side of the chart? No, it's on the right side of the chart. I get a strong muscle test. Is it pathogens? I get a yes. And then we go into that area and we ask, well, is it, you know, is it a virus? No. Is it a bacteria? No. Is it a parasite? Yes. It was just that simple. And it took just about that long. And um, so, uh, <laughs> so that's the reality. You know, I, listen, I had, to, I had to be a computer programmer to be able to understand this mm-hmm. because uh, the subconscious mind is a binary computer. And it's kind of like, it always reminds me of that, that Star Trek episode where from years ago, when uh, uh, Captain Kirk ends up on this planet and he finds this, this other starship captain that is just in a box and there's only his head sticking out of a box, mm-hmm. but he can communicate with him uh, by him blinking his eyelids, you know, for yes or no. And that's how the subconscious mind is. It's, it's limited to yeses and nos, strong for yes, weak for no. But you can ask any question that you want as long as uh, the answer can be given back. And I'm hearing that story you just told. And I'm thinking, man, if you asked me what a parasite, how would I know? I don't know what a parasite no, is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's your subconscious mind. Uh, see, the subconscious mind knows. And the subconscious mind also never sleeps. I mean, if you think about it, we have this conscious mind, right? And the conscious mind is where we have our relationships and we work our jobs and we spend all of our waking hours. But when you go to sleep, the subconscious mind turns off. What's left? The subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is always running. That's the part of you that's creating all the new cells and digesting your breakfast and turning it into new nerve cells. I mean, it's doing things that we can't even really comprehend. It's beyond our ability really to comprehend. I mean, they say that the average cell in the body is equivalent in complexity to an aircraft carrier with jets on the ramp, you know, and thousands of people working at their individual jobs. That's a single cell. We have 37 trillion of those. The subconscious mind knows all about all of those and it knows your whole history. You know, every face you've ever seen in a crowd, everything you've ever eaten or tasted or touched or smelled, it's all in there in that subconscious mind. And uh, I found that a- as a doctor trying to help people, this was just like the holy grail. It was the most amazing thing because I could ask my patients and get the answers out of their bodies, out of their subconscious minds, and then just do whatever their subconscious mind said, and they would get well. It was incredible, really. Um, I remember once I had a new patient that came into me who uh, was a woman with uh, fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, her life was kind of not working very well. And, uh, and I said to her, I had just done the exam on her and everything. And I said, you know, I said, I'm basically clueless about what's wrong with you. And her eyes got really big. And she, she looked really startled. And I said, but it's okay. Don't worry. Your subconscious mind knows why you're having all these symptoms. And I know how to talk to it. And you see now with the body code, anyone can learn how to talk to the subconscious mind and get answers. And that's, that's the power of this. There's the cat's out of the bag, Kevin. This is not, uh, you know, 
Well, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I, I say novice here because I've experienced some of this. I've had a long history with chiropractors uh, and I've seen some of this, but didn't understand it. They did this thing and I, I have no idea what you just did. You waved your hand over here, whatever, and didn't know. And it wasn't explained. So we're getting into it. I do want to ask on on one area because one issue to take it to a specific issue that may relate to a lot of people. I see a lot of people who, like you talked about, they've been, they're pursuing health and wellness. They already are like most of the listeners here. They're doing most of the right things. They're not doing a lot of bad things or whatever. And yet they got these issues. One of the most common, it feels like that I see with people with this demographic and, and out here in the culture is gut issues. And I saw, thought of that because you mentioned digestion a, a moment ago. That's one that I see even the alternative practitioners struggling with people with call it IBS or, or, or whatnot, but just issues with digestion and bloating and bowel issues. You know, there's uh, it feels like there's so often I know even here in the clinic, they'll see, you know, the, the teenage girl who uh, poops once a week which is just, I mean, that's just, you know, so off. So again, these digestive issues, do you see that as a very, does that prominence go in line with problems that you see from, you know, in this, from emotion code, from the body code, that that's a, I guess a primary manifestation is my question. Well, yeah, that is one of the manifestations. Remember that um, every, every process like that, will have emotional baggage as part of it. And so emotions uh, that are trapped in the body are listed in this area right here in the, uh, in the body code, um, the energies area. And so typically the things that I've seen in cases like this, uh, where I've been able to help people get completely well, there's always emotional baggage, right? There's always emotional energy that's trapped in there, trapped in the bowel, trapped in the ileocecal valve and the colon and the small intestine and so on, making things malfunction. Once, once those are released, there can be other things as well. Sometimes there's a parasite. Um, I remember there was a guy that came in to see me one day who had, um, who had uh, colitis. Mm-hmm. And uh, his life was just so limited because he never knew when he was going to have an explosive bout of diarrhea and so on. And it was just really awful. Well, I tested him and his subconscious mind said he had a parasite. So we gave him some parasite supplements and uh, it, that completely took care of it. Right. There were some emotional energies, too. There can be other things as well. I mean, um, and in the uh, and in the body code, we're able to find all of those things. Speaking of the abdomen, let me tell you one more story. Um, there was a woman that came in to see me one day. She'd been hospitalized for five days with this really severe pain in her abdomen. And um, they ran every test known to man over those five days, and all the tests were negative. And so finally, they released her from the hospital. And they said they couldn't really help her uh, because all the tests were negative, right? And so she comes in to see me. And she's about a nine on a zero to 10 scale of pain. And so I started testing her. I found some trapped emotions, found some other things, cleared whatever I could find. And those were all indicated to me by asking questions and getting answers from her subconscious mind. And one of the things that showed up uh, was in the area, um, right down here in the chart of that one right there, it's called nutrition and lifestyle. And uh, in that area, I was taken to a, uh, a chart of different nutrients. And uh, 
what I ended up on was chromium. And I thought, okay, chromium, she needs chromium. Well, chromium is really good for blood sugar and so on. I thought, this is just an incidental thing. And I told her, I said, look, um, we don't have any chromium right now. We usually carry it, but we're out of it. But I think you should get some at some point. I, I thought it didn't have anything to do with her pain. I kind of forgot about it. I couldn't find anything else. So she goes home. So the next day she comes back and she's my first patient the next day. And now she's about a 10 plus. And I'm thinking, I don't know how they missed this in the hospital. She's got to have appendicitis. I mean, she's got all this pain. I didn't know what else to do. So I started asking questions using the body code. And out of all the thousands of possibilities that I could have been taken to, I was taken right to this chart of nutrients and right to chromium. And at that moment, I, re I remembered, wait a minute, that showed up yesterday. And I said to her, look, I want you to go down the street right now, leave my office, go down the street to the health food store, buy some chromium tablets, ask them for water, don't even wait, go ahead and take some tablets right then and then come back. Okay. 20 minutes later, this young, very athletic woman is literally jumping up and down in my waiting room saying, I'm fixed. I'm fixed. She was so excited. She was actually like doing, you know, leaps in my, in my office, in my waiting room. And she said, how did that work? She said, the moment that she took the chromium, the pain was just instantly gone, completely gone. Pain that had her in the hospital for five days, right? Mm -hmm. And she said, how did that work? And I said, I have no idea. To this day, still, I have no idea why that worked. Nobody's ever been able to explain it to me. If any of your listeners can explain to me how that worked, then great. But, but what I said to her was, look, the, the beautiful thing is your subconscious mind knew that that is what you needed. Her pain never came back, by the way. Your subconscious mind knew that that's what you needed. Why it needed it, I don't know. I have no idea. But luckily now we're living in an age where we can ask the subconscious mind questions and it can give us answers like this. And I'm so grateful that that worked for you. So think uh, about that. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of nuts. I mean, it shouldn't be probably, but it feels, it feels that way. I mean, this is, I mean, so you know, people are hearing this and obviously, so you've got a book and we're talking about that. Go find the body code. Anybody yeah. go get that on Amazon right now. And you also talk about having practitioners around where can somebody look for somebody who's been trained in this that they can go see. Uh, yeah, the best place is to go to Discover Healing. Oh, so the, oh, the one we gave in the intro. Okay, Discover Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. Got people all over the world uh, that can help you and, uh, and you can learn how to do this yourself. And that's the beauty of both of these books, The Emotion Code and The Body Code, is that um, they're really designed for the average person to learn um, and use it on themselves. When you have people who give this a shot, especially if they do it themselves and they are not getting results, what are the most likely culprits to that? You know, we don't really hear from those people. We, we hear from the people that, uh, that are finding that this works. And um, we've got we have over 10,000 unsolicited testimonials, for example, uh, from people all over the world. Uh, we've got research actually that was done as well. Uh, we found that within about three weeks of having certain trapped emotions released, uh, people's self-reported symptoms of depression and anxiety decreased by, I think it was 37 and 36% respectively. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, 
this does work. People need to try it. It's completely different from Western medicine. We're so used to, we're, we're so conditioned in the West, especially in America, that uh, if we have some kind of a pain, we need a drug, you know, but uh, not really the case usually. Well, and again, this can be, so this can be somebody who's got something right now that let's say that they have not gone to have it diagnosed. They haven't gone to see a doc. They haven't gone, whatever they've, they've got X, Y, Z happening. This is something that they can try right now. Now, just to, you know, back to what I said also, if I am, let's see, like I, f I found out I was having some back problems, like literally my back would near disintegrate and I narrowed it down to some foods that my body does not like at all, which is like nightshades specifically. And I was, I had peppers with every single meal. So that was part of my, I thought my clean eating, you know, so I want to spice this stuff up literally and have a jar of you know different kinds of peppers with every meal. And it's finally when somebody pointed out that the dude is like, I got two pack cigarette a day habit that you've got with peppers that's in the nightshades maybe try not doing that and it fixed me cold turkey i haven't had my yeah. back go out since then so you could try this right off and now for a lot of people they're going to try this after they've gone through all those things but yeah if you're over here so for me if i'm having this problem and yet i'm pounding peppers i mean there still are the tangible aspects of life absolutely that we're you're not talking about you're not going to oh. overcome that right well i mean think about it this way if you had been more in tune Maybe if you had spent more time in meditation, et cetera, maybe your subconscious mind would have been able to get its message through to you. Hey, you shouldn't eat these peppers, right? Yeah. But uh, so the body code and the emotion code are just a way to, to overcome uh, that lack that most people have, the lack of time, the lack of meditation, et cetera. Most of us aren't really tuned into our subconscious minds, but it's there nevertheless. Let me tell you a story that is right along these same lines. There was a woman that came in to see me. She'd been coughing. She had a chronic cough. She'd been coughing for a year. During the day, during the night, she said she'd been to the doctor that had done CAT scans, MRIs. Everything looked completely normal. Nobody had any idea what was wrong with her. She said, uh, she said, my husband has moved into the other end of the house months ago. She said, my marriage is starting to fray. She said, I'm afraid I'm going to end up in a divorce if I can't get this cough fix. I don't know what to do. She came to me as a last resort. So I started testing her. And what I found was there was a chemical toxin that, was, that she was being exposed to. And uh, so I went to Google and I looked up common household chemicals and started just testing those using her body to test those. And what we came up with was something called camphophenic. Mm -hmm. And when that, when we arrived at camphophenic, she turned as white as a sheet and her eyes got really big. And, and I said, camphophenic. And she said, camphophenic. And I said, do you use camphophenic? And you remember camphophenic? Yeah, yeah, I know the name. Yeah, totally. She said, she said, yeah, every night, this, there's this elderly woman that's been a friend of our family forever. And every night, last thing, I go over and I rub her feet with camphophenique. Wow. And that's what I do every night. And I said, well, I think you better stop. And she did. And that was it. No more coughing. So her subconscious mind was able to get that message through using the testing. But otherwise, I mean, she might have ended up getting a, a divorce. I mean, who knows? It, she might not have ever figured it out. So tune with our subconscious minds. Usually. Yeah, no, not at all. I, I'm, I'm not. I haven't been. And I'm thinking about I'm so often thinking about with issues like that, these chronic things of like food allergies, food 
you know, sensitivities. And we're all getting, I think, more well-versed in the toxins, environmental toxins, mold, especially as one that's at the top of the list. So to figure out, I mean, you can go get a, you know, we've thought about that. We can get the house totally checked out for mold and whatnot. And what you're saying is, well, or you could just do this and see if mold is pointed, my subconscious mind points to mold as an issue or not, or to gluten or to nightshades or to peanuts or whatever the allergies are that we should be able to have our subconscious mind tell us that maybe as opposed to going and getting an allergy, food allergy test. Yeah. The subconscious mind can test you. So what what we're really doing with, you know, with this work, the emotion code, the body code, what we're doing is we're teaching people the language of the subconscious mind. I think it's the most important language you can learn. First of all, it's easy to learn. It's either a yes or a no. I mean, imagine learning Spanish and all you needed to know was see or no. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty easy, really. Fair. Well, so this is, so you can go to um, the website and I'll say that I'll mention that again here in just a second and look for a practitioner, which I think a lot of people are, are going to want to do. They may not feel the confidence to, but you can go get the book. It's sitting over my shoulder here, the body code and which is, that's what I'm going to do, Brad, is take that and go, okay. And I'll do that with, uh, you know, my wife, a kid, friend or whatever. And I want to play with it literally uh, and, and look at yeah. Uh, at that, it'd be interesting right now, as I sit here right now talking to you, I don't know how this fits into it. I had the the worst, I've been a, a cyclist my entire life and the worst wreck I've ever had in my life. So right now I'm sitting here with seven broken bones. Oh um, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty significant. They're broken as of right now. Right now. Well, I'm, I'm uh, tomorrow will be four weeks post. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I've got some, so I've got, man, I got aches and pains everywhere. Uh, at the moment. So I've got some healing to do before I can even raise my arm and put pressure on anything. Uh, but I want to start playing with it and start looking at this. This is a new, completely new area uh, of life. So uh, thank you. This is the questions I would have asked. And now I just want to go try it. I feel like, okay, either you, sure. well, actually, you know, I was just say either you believe it or not, whether you believe it or not, why wouldn't you go give it a shot? And especially yeah. those who are dealing with these chronic issues for so long that nothing's pointing to, and maybe you're taking a medication for it. Maybe you're in therapy for it, whatnot. There's no harm in trying this. And I've been looking at your testimonials uh, and you've got a lot of big names behind this. It feels hard to refute. So thank you. Um, thanks for being on the show, for uh, letting us I have some understanding of this and I do want to make sure that, yeah, I give people, let me give you the, uh, the info on this again, folks. And as always, I'm so grateful everybody showed up to listen to the show and join me on this journey to elevate our experience and the way that we show up for others. This is Dr. Bradley Nelson. The book again is the body code unlocking your body's ability to heal itself. Uh, that's the muse for this discussion. And this is one, of course, I always advocate the books. So you're gonna have a really hard doing time doing anything. If you don't go get the book, I assume it's an audio and, and all those different it is. Yeah. Okay. So you can do that. Now, if you want to find, well, just connect with uh, Dr. Nelson and look for a practitioner and everything else he has to offer on this. And I would say there's probably a place to where if you're a skeptic still and you want more questions, that you, they can they can uh, connect with you or your team. Discoverhealing.com. Yep. Discoverhealing.com. 
And if you appreciate the podcast, want to share it with others, please give us a rating in Spotify and a review in Apple Podcasts, if you will. You can see this episode and all of them on YouTube. Find me at Kevin Miller CO, which is where you can find social media. You'll find clips. We've got, we'll have clips, a bunch of them from this show and some of the uh, amazing things that Dr. Nelson has shared with us today. Uh, again, Kevin Miller CO. If you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book. What drives you can find that on Amazon now as well. And until next time, stay driven.